Hello everyone and welcome to Synesthesia, a podcast about the creatives who shape the aesthetics of music. We chat to the artists behind the record sleeves, videos, photo shoots and stylings of the freshest new sounds, exploring how contemporary culture, fashion, illustration and design reflect and enhance the musical experience. Music has always been our passion and remains an integral part of our lives. That's why we decided to put together this podcast, which we called Synesthesia, because we perceive music not only with our ears, but also with our eyes. Synesthesia, the artist behind the artist. Hello, hello. Welcome to a new episode of Synesthesia, episode number 21. Today's guest is Emma Shore, a graphic designer and art director who has worked for influential institutions and brands in the arts and cultural field. She spent two years at the National Theatre and Boiler Room in London. Then, in 2018, she flew to the Bay Area to take over the role of art director at Bandcamp. I contacted her because I am a big fan of Bandcamp, not only for their mission, but also because of their editorial curation style. Indeed, their music franchises are always paired with illustrations that could easily be featured in the most influential magazines and newspapers of the world. Let's find out how she's been able to leave her imprint on Bandcamp's visual identity and other interesting facts about her career, cultural influences, and the things she rates at the moment. Hello, Emma. How are you? Hi. Yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Was the intro accurate? Yeah, it was good. Apart from I am in South East London currently. I went to my first uh, record store on Monday with the shops opening, so that was delightful. That's the perfect icebreaker. Which record store did you go to? I went to Lorenzo's in um, Broccoli. He's just moved from Peckham, but he has a label and he was based in Holden's Arcade in Peckham. But um, yeah, he just opened a tiny store. Uh, so it was really, really nice to go and say hello and browse physical merchandise. When was the last time you were in Oakland? January 2020. As a company, we're all work remote, so we're all based all over the world, which is uh, incredible and sometimes complicated with time zones. But um, we, we tend to meet up every now and again, usually in Phoenix, Arizona, and we, we kind of like hang out as a company. I kind of go to Oakland as we have the head office there, and we, we're really lucky to have a record store, which, you know, has been closed for a while due to the pandemic. Yeah, it's, it's a really, really great spot and it's full of kind of like local artists and musicians and uh, we run events to kind of support uh, the local community there. So it's really nice to visit and, and kind of go to these every now and again. When I introduced you, I mentioned that before working at Bandcamp, you were collaborating with the National Theatre and Boiler Room in London. Can you tell us about your career before Bandcamp, right after you graduated? Yeah, well, I am. Um... I didn't I didn't study design my background is actually in kind of pattern cutting and um, and fashion yeah it's been an it's been a really good ride to kind of get to where I am and everything I've done has, has, has really contributed so yeah for a long time I was a costume maker and a, and a kind of prop maker for film and theater so I, I kind of got into design through that kind of like sourcing props and kind of making my own yeah I had to make a battery rack for a, for a, a channel 4 uh, film once which was incredible so yeah kind of bringing all that stuff into design has been really natural um, I always was part of a kind of music scene I was playing in bands and I did a lot of artwork for for my friends kind of doing flyers t-shirts and stuff like that so that was in my hometown of Sheffield but I moved to London maybe eight years ago now um, and then yeah I started kind of picking up jobs for kind of cultural organizations the National Theatre which was designing posters and, and flyers for shows working on the exhibition 
exhibitions uh, in-house. And then, yeah, kind of ended up moving around, kind of worked at Boiler Room for a while, did some collaborations with music and their fashion brand um, that they started. Yeah, I ended up working in editorial um, at the Financial Times Weekend magazine, which is an incredible publication. A very um, diverse portfolio of clients. Uh, you mentioned Boiler Room, and I will be interested in knowing whether you were into clubbing as well. Yeah, I, I was really lucky. I, I grew up in Sheffield, and it had an amazing, not just an amazing DIY scene, but it also had an incredible electronic music culture and history so yeah I've kind of spent a lot of my time in and out of venues clubbing um, working for different people as well so definitely and what kind of music were you into at that time and this is a great question everything I'd say I, I my, my mum was into kind of reggae and Motown so I kind of grew up with that in my house a lot which was which was brilliant really kind of wonderful sounds to kind of come out of my youth and my you know my, my dad was really into really interesting artists like John Martin and Nick Drake so really diverse kind of like upbringing in music yeah I think I started getting into electronic music quite early my first job was actually in a vintage store which was next to drum and bass arena's record store so I spent a lot of time listening to quite hard drum and bass on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m yeah my my introduction to electronic music was was fairly young uh, which is cool. You must love metalheads. I think working at Bandcamp, you have to love metalheads. <laughs> of course, <laughs> you need to love all the labels, actually. Yeah. So you said that you were into electronic music and that you played in bands. Uh, so I am assuming that the instrument you were playing was either, let's say, the drums or bass or keyboards. What was it? <laughs> I kind of want to make you guess because you will, you'll never guess. But I, um, I actually studied the flute. So I played the flute wow. for a long time and, um, and then the saxophone. It's counterintuitive, yeah. though. I know, right? I don't know. Again, I think this is like a growing up in a slightly avant-garde music scene um, accommodated a lot of my traditional music learning um, and playing, yeah, like you said, like quite traditional instruments and then kind of bringing them into more experimental electronic sounds or, you know, I ended up being, you know, being a drummer for a while because I really liked the drums. And then, yeah, I kind of taught myself synths and electronic music and, you know, I kind of, I still make music, but I'm, I'm not as good as many people so it's not for other people's ears I feel. It's your side uh, gig. Yeah. How about visuals? How have you shaped your taste? I studied as I was working so you know I was I was kind of like training in pattern cutting and then immediately went and worked as a, as a, as a costume maker so and like tailoring but I, I work a lot with fashion and storytelling out, outside of Bandcamp. Um, I, I kind of research archival designers or areas of kind of industry so like Sheffield Steel Industry and then um, create brands out of those so and they launch in Japan so I work a lot in Japan with that kind of stuff. You were already familiar with the world of illustration weren't you? Yes yes yeah very. I kind of like use that as a lot of reference to the kind of work that I do. Do you have any fine arts masters? Yeah there's there's many 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 there's a lot of kind of like painters and artists but I, I was really inspired by artwork of kind of uh, Roger Dean he's a painter from the you know he started painting in the 60s and it was kind of a lot around that world building and um, kind of like sci-fi scenes he painted you know, I have this collection of, of his kind of like work in a book but he painted a lot of stuff for the like yes 
So he painted their logo and it became really iconic. He painted visuals for a lot of kind of Motown work and Afrobeat and Ghanaian kind of music. So it, it's all around world building and, and sci-fi. So I think that really inspired me. And then another guy, I don't know if you've heard of him, is uh, Phil Wollstenholme. It was at a time in the 90s where like CGI work was kind of, CGI was coming into like film and TV and he used to, he designed a lot of the stuff for 808 stay in electronic music covers you know again it's kind of like an abstract idea of world building and it, it kind of had an amazing influence on me in terms of kind of like the relationship with electronic art and and kind of like a music as well so if these two were the artists who influenced you the most let's say it was written in your destiny that you would have ended up at band camp at some point in your career i know i think if you told 15 year old me this is going to be my job it would, I just couldn't believe it. <laughs> Can you describe uh, your job to a 15-year-old listener? Unfortunately, we don't have that many young listeners. Our average age is uh, still between 25 and 45. It's kind of finding a way to tell visual stories um, about artists and labels and kind of really creatively represent the work that they do and also live up to the work that they do. You know, I've been there for two years now and I think I'm only just scratching the surface and how we can tell these stories visually and create senses of, of place for them. And, you know, one of the things I really want to do is is create like consistency in, in our output with illustration and, and kind of the way that we talk about music, but also keep the sense of variety because we cover so many different scenes and sounds and the editorial needs to feel as authentic and specific to the people that we are representing, but also like it's from Bandcamp and it's our feature and it's our voice. So yeah, it's it's interesting. For sure, going for an illustration route is a strong editorial choice because if you look at most of the music-related publications, magazines, websites, platforms for streaming, they are heavily based on photography. How come Bandcamp is investing so much on illustration? Yeah, I mean, one, it's a passion. I love illustration. I love talking to illustrators and I love kind of getting in their head and finding out how they visualize things. It's a really it's a really great way to convey a concept or an idea about music, but without giving it all away. And it's, it's, it's creating an opportunity for people reading the editorial or people looking for new records on Bandcamp to discover creating illustration that is inviting. You know, imagine if like someone that's really into art hardcore got into the Afrofuturist house music through an illustration. Like that's, that's the point of what we want to do. And just really being quite representative to to the communities that we kind of, that Bandcamp can embody and can kind of foster. I think that Bandcamp's keyword and distinctive feature from all the competitors, if there are any really, is curation. It seems to me that the editorial content is really, really curated and bespoke for a sophisticated audience who knows what they want. And so the visual curation matches the words. How do you keep the visual standards as high as the music ones. I'm really glad that you love the curation because it's really important to us as an editorial platform and as a company. It's such a team effort, you know, to make this stuff happen and the editorial team work really hard to kind of work with writers and scenes across the world in, you know, sometimes difficult places to tell these stories. So it's, it's amazing that you picked up on that. One of the values of Bandcamp is to kind of always put artists first and, and kind of be as 
representative to them as we can be and visuals are a really good way to kind of showcase that what i was saying about creating like an idea of consistency so you know it's fan camp and you know this is curated by them is kind of work with something that is key to band camp but key to music and one of the kind of core visual styles that we work on is is come from you know referencing like zine culture diy publications you know they're so intrinsically linked to music they just go in hand in hand we want to make it feel as tactile and, and sensory as we can even though it's a digital publication um so kind of recreating like lo-fi print or uh mark making and also the feeling of a crate digging yeah exactly you know we we wanted to you know we really want to kind of push that creative through the visuals through the you know through the digital design yeah let's talk about your creative process how you commission certain artists matching them with different music genres do you tend to mix and match asking illustrator who let's say come from the world of psychedelia to work on a techno editorial yeah i think you know i think for us it's it's really important to to get illustrators that feel really authentic to the scene that they're representing. It might be stylistically, or it might be someone that has like a real insight into that world. I just commissioned McKay Felt, who I know is working with Stone's Row uh, Records, and we've just launched a hip hop radio show, which is amazing. And he, you know, he knows that world and he illustrates the essence of the artist and the music and the radio host so beautifully. And that, that's just a really natural pairing. Whereas stylistically, we might introduce an illustrator to a genre that they haven't heard of before, um, which is great because you then get their interpretation of a scene. So, you know, my first commission was Sophie Hollington, who does these incredible psychedelic style lino cuts. They're, you know, they're, they're really detailed, really beautiful. And she illustrated a piece on dark ambient folk music for us. So stylistically, her work resonates with that, but it's a kind of such a niche genre that it was really interesting to get her take on that that idea you mentioned sophie hollington and i would like to i would love to have her as a guest stay tuned who knows bandcamp has different franchises they are a lot which one allows you to experiment the most with the visuals my favorite one is acid test yeah i think that's probably my favorite too the column is so wild that the visuals kind of have to reflect that Again, I mean, I think in the, the design of that is kind of creating a psychedelic trippy window into something that you would never have seen before. Because, you know, the, the, the franchise is, is so unexpected. It can be many genres and, and many kind of different types of music and, and label. So, yeah, we kind of like try to bring some of the artwork from the franchise into, that, into the design. So it kind of can inherits a different characteristic each time which is really representative of that particular week or month's feature. Acid test is also possibly the trendiest one among the columns because there is this big uh, comeback of uh, psychedelic illustrations, uh, Summer of Love vibes, uh, tie-dye, DIY zines uh, from the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, 100% agree. That kind of like design is something that's always really resonated with me. I think I have this like natural affiliation with anything that involves a lot of patterns and colors. So it's really great to be able to kind of pull this into uh, the features that we work on or kind of like pick different styles at different times and keep it really nice and, and fluid. What other styles are resonating with you at the moment? I love traditional artwork and traditional illustration but I'm 
increasingly getting more into technology and coding, creative art, um, and I'm really interested to kind of bring this into Bandcamp and how we tell stories and how we can, you know, introduce more uh, tech-based work. Like I said, I grew up in Sheffield and I went to like the Algo Rave nights, which is just kind of live coding and insane artwork paired with techno music. So kind of experimenting with more of that would be great to do. Will we see any 3D covers on Bandcamp soon? I would love to do that. I'm actually learning 3D art at the minute and it's um, it might be a while. As an art director, do you liaise with the talents directly? How do you scout them? Yeah, yeah, I do. I communicate directly with the talent that we work with. And, and, and again, I, like it's a team effort at Bandcamp. We have an amazing editorial team. There's myself and Josie Keefe who work on the editorial design. So we'll kind of go through the process with the uh, editors from the commissioning. So we will we'll work with the writers that are kind of filing the pieces and doing the research to then maybe get in touch with the bands or the labels that are being featured to, you know, if we're commissioning illustration, we'll work with the editorial team to get a really deep understanding of the piece and the sense of the, the work that's going to come out of it. And then we'll go and find an illustrator or we'll approach an illustrator that we think is like, you know, works really well with them. And then, you know, we'll provide like a lot of copy and the way the piece is going to go. When it comes to the illustrators and the kind of people that we work with, I, I love kind of having the opportunity to see you know how the illustrators work with the piece um so the direction is isn't a hundred percent guided because i think that interpretation with music and, and and art is is incredible and that kind of process then is natural like they'll come back with ideas and we'll we'll go from there you give them very open briefs and leave them uh, free to experiment yeah yeah and i think this this creates like this, an amazing relationship with illustrators you know i value their brains as well as their you know technical ability and i think especially when it comes to commissioning around music it's so interpretive that you, you know it, it just always gets an amazing result. We are all aware that uh, Bandcamp's key to success is uh, sustainability, slow growth, diversity, collective participation and social agency. How are you reflecting this philosophy in the way you work with uh, artists? Fair pay, human deadlines, is there such a thing as uh, sustainable artworks? This is a good question. I think everybody, as uh, we have a responsibility just as human beings uh, to, to kind of be as fair and as, as lovely to work with as we can. You know, we, we're really flexible in how we work as, as an editorial platform and I think it just generates better work. Um, you know, also we work with like a lot of underground uh, and, you know, often marginalized groups from around the world. So we really try and respect that. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons that I love working at Bandcamp is it's, it's something that we talk about every day when we're commissioning um, how we're working with artists, how we're working with writers, how we're working with the labels. It's a really diverse team and we have diverse contributors and, you know, more so than anywhere that I've ever worked. So it just, you know, it works with the music that we're covering, which is great. Are you working on any projects to give more visibility to emergent artists from unrepresented backgrounds who work with musicians, besides commissioning them, of course, the illustrations for Bandcamp? I personally mentor to give my time and kind of knowledge back to uh, creatives in, in marginalized disciplines. 
So, you know, this is something that's really important to me and as a company, yeah, we try and kind of work with as many people as we can to facilitate giving our time and knowledge back as a company. And how about a print shop, a merch shop, when, where you print posters, zines and t-shirts made by some of these artists? Have you considered this option? Uh, yeah, I mean, I would love to. I've always worked with merch and physical uh goods so this would be incredible for me we, we you know we like i said we we have the store in oakland and it's such a great space to work with local communities um and the kind of people in the the bay area so i think this is something that would definitely happen at some point i'd love to see it happen it, you know but at the moment the store has been shut for a year and a half due to the pandemic so when we can open, we shall see. Maybe exhibitions as well. Did you ever run any exhibitions before the pandemic? We've never really, because we did, we've never had a physical space. It's, it, you know, it, it's, it's quite difficult, but um, we, yeah, in, in the space in Oakland, we commissioned an amazing local mural artist called Santos Sheldon to paint the store, which is an incredible, it's a huge kind of space. So it would be really interesting to do stuff like that with the future. But yeah, for now it's, it's, it's shut, which is kind of sad. Yeah. Just to wrap up our conversation about Bandcamp, I want to close with a more general question about the importance of visuals in music and only an art director like you has an answer for this. How important are visuals to enhance someone's music experience? That's an amazing question. Naturally, there is a symbiotic relationship between visuals and, and music that there's always existed. And I think as well, you know, it goes, for me personally, it goes back to like storytelling and, you know, listening to people's words or music and kind of like having the visuals in front of you. It's all part of a, a you know, like say, it's an amazing experience. There's so many ways you can do this, whether it's it's through like video or like say static artwork or installations. There's just something that always kind of, it forms a bond and I think kind of more heightened experience. I introduced the topic because for the first column of our show, we are doing this bespoke for you because usually we would ask designers, photographers, video makers, whether there was a musician they would like to work with. In this case, since you work with many musicians and artists already as our director of Bandcamp, I'm asking you to list five record sleeves you've seen recently and really struck you. Word on the street. Yeah. I like this tailored question. It's really, yeah, it's really interesting, this question. I, I recently had a son and he's now five months old. And so this question is really relevant to a recent experience. Uh, you know, it, it, it's made me, having a small child that is learning to see uh, is, is incredible because it, it makes you realize how sensory visuals actually are. And one of the things that we've been doing stuck in lockdown as, as I've just been showing in record sleeves every day. Um, so going back to the kind of experiencing just a pure sensory experience of visuals has, has been, uh, been great. So the first one that I showed him actually in his life was the uh, One of Tricks We Never Magic cover. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know how many emails I sent to Robert Beatty. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I bet delving into his mind would just be an amazing 
experience. It's just one of the greatest of our times uh, when it comes to record sleeves. That yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he's brilliant. You know, having that music on and showing a, a, a tiny baby the artwork with the music on, I have to say, is, is a great experience. So he had his uh, first uh, acid trip. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So yeah, that, that was that was an amazing one. Um, the, I, I actually I'm actually holding these records in my hands. This is why this is shuffling. So um, yeah, the, the the second one is a it's the the, the Madakuti and Femikuti um, legacy that just came out a while ago. Well, not just came out a while ago, but um, it just has like amazing typography. It's kind of like a hand painted typography. Um, and it comes with like a beautiful poster and two, two like the records uh, are all like this hand done um, illustrative type. So yeah, I really loved, loved this one. It's on Partizan. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend a listen and to see the visuals of that. The third one? The third one is Silver Ladders by Mary Lattimore. Yeah, it's, 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 it's brilliant. Um, the cover is, again, I've just realized that I'm very into world building and kind of sci-fi illustration in all of this conversation. Um, so yeah, it's a painting um, by Bechistus and it's a door and a universe uh, with a painting with a dog and a rug. And it is, the, the, you know, it is, it is a brilliant, brilliant cover. We trust you on this. <laughs> yeah, great. I can hear the sound of you touching the vinyls, this leaf. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's been amazing to kind of go through them and, and yeah, really kind of go through all, like not just the outside cover, but the inside. And like I say, like looking at the typography and everything that makes the cover, not just the image. Um, it just, yeah, it makes the experience great. So yeah, the, the fourth one now, this isn't, super new but it is a cover that I I love just because it's an amazing painting um, it's a it's a painting of Georgia Ann Muldrow uh, from the album Overload it's from like 2018 I think yeah it's on Brain Feeder yeah the, the artwork is by a, a kind of a, a painter called Martin Norwood and um, yeah the, it's just such a striking image of her and it, it's just beautifully framed and it just sums up the entire sense of her amazing spirit so yeah i love this one and yeah the the the, the fourth one is it it's one the last one yeah yeah the, oh yeah the fifth one so there's a label called kiat um i think i'm pronouncing that right and it's orla's uh label there's a designer called patrick savile who has yeah. done all the label and so yeah patrick again like he his kind of notion of world building and typography kind of paired in these wild colors with these big bold graphics it's just something that appeals to me and he's he is doing the work for this label so it, it just as a collective experience is brilliant another guest listed for the second season of synesthesia that's coming he's amazing pat i love him so thank you for sharing these five records these five records leaves actually which we will share in your mood board when we push your episode on our instagram page synesthesia underscore podcast go check it out follow us we have the last three minutes of the show, four minutes, let's say, and we need to fit two columns in. The first one is a private collection. Private collection. 
now you just talked about uh, recent releases, uh, recent record sleeves. We need to go back in time and I would like you to tell us uh, about a music video or a record sleeve from the past that has uh, left a mark on you. So the one that I picked is actually a video. See, it's not technically a music video, but it's a video with music that I was obsessed with as a child. Have you ever seen the pinball number count from Sesame Street? It's a an insane journey of animation. And again, like touching on psychedelia. It's by uh, Jeff Hale, who had Imagination Inc, this animation studio. It's a kind of 70s, song about counting by the point assistants and uh, i think it's by ed bogus who kind of composed the thing it's just such a wild journey through music and kind of artwork that i think really framed my kind of visual appreciation and it's just again i think he heading back to the sense of kind of creating a space with visuals it's uh every number is housed in a a different section of a pinball machine so yeah it's it's kind of enthralling. I love pinballs, so the first thing I'm gonna do after we hang up is uh, watch this video. Yeah, I watched it with my five-month-old today and he was just mind blown by it. Another trip for this five-month-old kid. Oh, kid. <laughs> very, very last column, two minutes. It's time for your flavors. Recommend us uh, your favorite Instagram page at the moment and a local spot venue to check out when we can travel again and visit London. Yeah, I mean, you should go to this place. It's a, it's one that has been keeping me alive through lockdown. It's a lovely little uh, cafe and spot in, in Broccoli called Good As Gold. And they do the best cake and caffeine. And they are very tolerant of me turning up every day <laughs> needing caffeine. <laughs> We'll, uh, we'll pop in at this cafe once I am, when I am around, uh, when I am wandering around Broccoli. Yeah, yeah, do. Cool, bye. An Instagram page? You know, I, I really love, obviously, looking at other people's design work and uh, especially things like typography, um, design systems, and just seeing how other people interpret uh, similar worlds that I inhabit. So I would recommend uh, Patrick Thomas's studio. Um, which is ex Patrick Thomas as a as a really good kind of visual feast. One uh, extra question: Do art directors, specifically art directors at Bandcamp, still find discover most of the talents on Instagram? I think with with Bandcamp, we're fairly old school. Like I I I love being sent links to to work or like kind of finding getting getting sent like portfolios is, is brilliant. Um, I do spend a lot of time on Instagram, but I also, I really like searching, perusing like other people's blogs or speaking to people about work that they like. So yeah, I'd say it was both, but you know, I think we're fairly old school. Well, that's good to hear. It doesn't really make a difference, but it was just my curiosity to see where you spot the best talent. Yeah, I mean, everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. I think, yeah, word of mouth and being sent stuff is amazing. I love opening emails that have like incredible artwork in. So yeah, send me more. So send more emails, portfolios, send your work to Emma Shore, our director at Bandcamp. Emma, it was my pleasure to have you as a guest. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. You just listened to Synesthesia, the artist behind the artist. Subscribe to our channel and follow us on Instagram at synesthesia underscore podcast.